and we're using in part um, uh, the book by Rachel Billups, which is our like our sister church in New Albany, their senior pastor, <clears throat> called Unlikely Advent. And what she does is take unlikely story or unlikely characters in the nativity story, uh, people that you don't actually see in the nativity scene. Um, like next week, uh, Reggie's preaching on King Herod. You don't see King Herod in the nativity set. Why? Because uh, he's the dog of the of the of the show. Like we don't we don't really uh, want to uh, uh, elevate King Herod. So uh, here's the list of the dates and things we're going over. Last week we talked about Zachariah and Elizabeth. Today Anna and Simeon, which actually occurs after the birth of Jesus. King Herod also after the birth of Jesus. The Magi after the birth of Jesus. So those are the the the, the people we're going to go through. And also I think it's important for us to let you know about actually one thing that's not on that list. Um, December 23rd, we have Powerline uh, over at Church in the Mall as an additional Christmas Eve, we would call it Christmas Eve Eve service. Uh, what time is that? Is that a different time? 5.30 p.m. on Christmas Eve Eve, Saturday. Sunday, Christmas Eve, we will have 10.30 service here, but it will not be like our normal service. There won't even be hardly any sermon. It will be lessons and carols, which means we're going to read the scripture and we're going to sing songs. That's all we're going to do. If you tuned in to last year's snow day Christmas Eve service, we're going to do something very similar to that. And then in the evening, we'll have more like what's traditional to us for uh, traditional Christmas Eve service. We'll do candle lighting. And, uh, but but uh, uh, all of it's family friendly, uh, but I wanted to let you know what the Christmas Eve and Christmas Eve Eve situation is and then December 31st no in-person worship at all on Sunday December 31st it'll be online only that day we'll have it pre-recorded for you and you can worship at your leisure at home and it's a nice way to give our team our our team upstairs the hospital everybody gets a little Christmas vacation uh, and it's helpful for all of us all right now let's look at Anna and Simeon I've come to the sad but necessary, necessary reality and conclusion that uh, I'm no longer the youngest person in the room when I walk into a room. <laughs> Generally speaking, I'm no longer the youngest guy in the room. When I was a young pastor, now that's a pretty loose term because in the, the tradition that we're in, the United Methodist tradition, I'm still pretty young. Uh, but not everywhere am I the youngest person in the room when I attend those things. Uh, uh, but a little over a year ago, I saw a picture uh, one of my daughters had taken at a, a family function, a family gathering. Um, uh, it, it was a picture where it wasn't staged. Um, they just took a shot. I think it was more like a selfie. And there was somebody in the background of that picture that I couldn't quite figure out who that was. Um, there was a person in there. His ha hair was like pretty thin on top. Um, it was rather gray. Um, the, the sides of his head were gray, and his uh, beard was kind of gray, and his arms were kind of straight and flabby, and his untucked shirt revealed a, a paunch over the middle that just hung down, uh, and uh, there's wrinkles on his face. I just didn't recognize who that was, and I was like, who is that guy? And then it hit me. That was me. I was, I was looking at myself. That guy was me. And I realized then that 
I might be past my prime. I might, I might just have passed my prime. I'm no longer the youngest person in the room. I'm no longer that energetic guy full of brash confidence that could do anything and everything. I still have four years of eligibility left for Ohio State football, but they are not calling me, and I might just be fully middle-aged at this point. Now, thankfully, aging comes with some experience, some wisdom. Uh, I've learned a few things over the years, uh, but one of the things I've learned most recently is I probably have more years behind me than I do ahead of me at this point in life. I mean, I'm now considering what does the next 20 years look like? I'd be 65, and then if God has grace, maybe another 20 after that, but that's, that, like, none of it's guaranteed. But really, I'm 45, like, that gives me 40 years out. I'm, I got less in front of me than I have behind me, and it makes me wonder, am I past my prime? Past my prime, it means that not quite able to do the things I used to be able to do. Anybody else resonate with that? I'm just not quite able to do the things I used to do. Jared, you're like 20. Give it up. Come on. Oh, my. My grandpa, uh, Delmer Warner was his name, uh, and that's a name you get when you're born in 1919. Delmer and his wife, Geneva, who was born in 1920. Grandpa, I worked with my grandpa on the family farm uh, while he was in his 70s and 80s. You know, that 20-year that block of his life, uh, uh, key memories for me. I just love those years that I had with him. Uh, but I don't think, for, for, from my perspective, like the guy was still splitting wood and driving tractors well into his 90s. The year he died, he died at 98. He was still splitting wood, y'all. Like, if I'm, if I'm going to live that long, I want to I do it that way. Uh, I don't know that I'll live that long. But he would say this, I can't lift hay like I used to. Grandpa, you're like 93. You shouldn't be lifting hay at all. He's like, oh, I can't eat like I used to. Grandpa, it's okay. Uh, for him, that was past his prime. Kind of look this up. Past his prime, like, uh, are you aware that a racehorse can race maybe maybe two years, maybe maybe a third year, and then they retire because they're what? Past their prime. And then they live for another 20, 25 years after that, past their prime. The NFL play, the average NFL player retires, do you know this? How how quickly do they retire? Do you know? 3.3 years. That's the average. NBA, four years. Major League Baseball, five and a half years. And then they are past their prime. Now, there's some unicorns out there that Tom Brady, you know, he's just darn guy lasts forever. Um, but how many of you have wondered about being past your prime? Have you ever been concerned about not having what you used to have? Have you ever worried about not being able to physically do what you used to be able to do? It happens to all of us, I think. We're, we have human bodies which really aren't meant to live forever. They get old, they get less than what they were before. Our body gets feeble. It weakens over time. And we're just simply unable to do the thing that we used to be able to do. I can't lift hay like I used to. That would be what my grandpa was concerned about. How many of you wondered about that? Now, there might be a different narrative for some of us. Uh, 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 there might be some of us who are worried about our prime being in our past. 
Um, maybe you haven't reminisced about your past and having your, your prime behind you. Maybe there's another category of us who are thinking our prime is already always right around the corner. Like, like we're so future-focused that it's just right around the corner. We just need this one promotion and we'll be set financially. We just need to get this house. We'll have access to the right people in the right neighborhood. We're so close to being in our prime. We can almost taste it. We're almost there. We've almost got it. We're just right around the corner. And so we could be impatient with feelings like that. We can try to short-circuit the process. We can try to cheat the system and not wait for ourselves to get to that point. We have an immediate gratification culture. We want what we want. We want it right now. And in a culture, we have our shopping delivered to us in, in sometimes in minutes, sometimes. Like, it's crazy. Like, I'm not sure, like, what Santa's up to these days, but, like, every day there's six more boxes that show up at our door. And the Santa's workshop is just now cardboard, you know? It's, it's kind of super easy. Uh, with clicks of buttons, we can have all that stuff. Our impatience, though, can lead to disappointment. And in our disappointment, we can believe that we may never receive the promise that God has for us. We may never actually get to that point where we're living in our prime. People in this group that have this like future-focused where, where, where our prime is always in the future, we're never quite reaching it, we're impatient for it to happen, even though we're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Advent is this season of waiting. But we're not very good at waiting as a human species, I don't think. So today we're going to look at the story of Simeon and Anna, two old people who blessed Jesus shortly after his birth. Physically, they were past their prime. I mean, they, they were old. They're, we'll read about it. It's, they're old. But they play an enormously important role in the life of Jesus and in our faith. Here's what the scripture says. This is uh, Luke chapter 2. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. That is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And, his, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child of Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. So that's, that's Simeon. Here's Anna. And his father and mother, Jesus' father and mother, Mary and Joseph, marveled at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed him and said to his mother, oh yeah, we're not quite done with Simeon. <laughs> Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, 
She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of, of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. So, in this scripture, we have a beautiful description of Simeon and Anna, a man, a woman, who were in their later years, okay? Uh, Anna's age is given, 84. Simeon's was not, although we can kind of deduce that he was also likely very old. Too often, we get to a certain stage in life, we are identified by the things that we have done. Our identity is associated with the acts that we have committed, the things that we have done. And then when we can no longer do the things that we used to do, I am now unable to do the things that I used to do as I was a young man. I can no longer be identified or associated with those things. And my identity shifts because now I am up and down with my identity with all the things that I have done or can no longer do myself. That is all about what you do. The scripture tells us about what Simeon and Anna did, but also it tells us who they are. It's the old being and doing thing. Who you are should not, uh, should not, um, who you, excuse me, I almost say that wrong. What you do is not who you are. Your identity should not be tied up in what you do. It should be who you are. Scripture tells us about what they did and who they are. I want to highlight first who they are. This is their being. And it's cleanly divided between who they are, what they are, and then what they did. Because what they are, who they were, led them to do what they did. Here's Simeon. It says he's righteous and devout. This means he observed the laws, he followed all God's commands, he's, he was fair, he studied the Torah, he revered God, he was cautious, and careful, obedient, he was all those things. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. That's what, that's a doing thing, but, but consolation of Israel is a, a term that's actually a noun. It's, he's waiting for this person who is the consolation of Israel, he's waiting, he was patient, that's what I want to get at. That's the being side. He was patient. He was waiting on the person of the consolation of Israel. He was waiting actively for the Messiah to come. The Holy Spirit was upon him. It says that three times in there. This guy was full of and led by the Holy Spirit. And then this, revealed by the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. That's pretty crazy. He, so think about waiting Think about waiting. I'm just waiting to see the Messiah, and then I get to die. Eesh. That's kind of, that's not, <laughs> not all that great. And then it said this, he came in the Spirit to the temple. I think Simeon might have just been Pentecostal. He's probably Assemblies of God or something. This guy wasn't doing anything unless the Holy Spirit guided and directed him to do it. So just at the right time, he went to the temple. So that's Simeon. That's who Simeon was. Now let's look at Anna. She was a prophetess. I love that term for her. A prophet speaks the truths that most people are unwilling to speak and the rest of us are unwilling to hear most of the time. 
And Anna did that. I'll say more about that in a second. So she's a prophetess, and she's experienced, okay? She's old. She's 84. It says she was married seven years to her husband after she was uh, a virgin. So she was married for seven years, and then she lived up to uh, 84. Now let's, let's do some math. She was probably married at age 15 or so. So married seven years puts her at 22. She lived uh, from 22 up to this point, 84, 62 years single as a widow in that culture. We have redefined what old means over the years um, uh, because in those days, 45 years old might have been pretty old with life expectancy. So she was way up there at 84. So she's experienced. She's dedicated. Here's another thing. Evidenced by the fact that she stayed in the temple and she worshiped day and night. She was fasting all the time. She was dedicated to the Lord. Now, those are qualities of who Anna is, and those qualities led her to do amazing things. Her being informed her doing. And so these two, Anna, Simeon, they spend their entire lives waiting, hoping, longing for the Messiah to come. They spent their lives waiting on the Messiah. Can you imagine getting to that point in life and starting to wonder, have I missed something? Maybe I'm past the point of seeing this thing that I thought I was going to see. They had been future-focused for so long. Maybe I missed my opportunity some time ago. That's where I've spent most of my life, actually. I'm always future-focused, thinking about what's next, what's next. What I, when I get to be a big, famous pastor published and on the speaking circuit, that was, that was 22-year-old me. Actually, 22-year-old me was still locked in on music. Like, I'll be in Nashville in 10 years. Yeah, right. Future. Then I realized that dream's not happening. I'm pretty sure the OSU football thing's not happening. Probably never going to play for the Bengals. Not that I want to right now. Get sacked all the time. But whatever. Always future-focused. My prime's right around the corner. And now I look back and go, I've missed it. Maybe Anna and Simeon are starting to think, maybe I've missed it. But look at their character. This is who they are, and it informs what they do. Here's what Simeon did. Took the baby in his arms and blessed God. Simeon is the only one recorded in Scripture as having held Jesus, the Son of God. Now, of course Mary did, but it's not recorded there. There's something significant to Simeon taking the baby in his arms. And he blesses God about that. Uh, um, interesting that he blesses God with that. And then he blesses the whole family. He celebrates them, uh, praises God for them. He blesses the child then. Then he said these words to Jesus, to, of Jesus to Mary. Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also. How about that for a prophecy? We know that the sword was pierced through Jesus' side, but the soul of Mary was pierced as well, so that the thoughts for many hearts may be revealed. That's what Simeon did. Who he was informed what he did. 
Actually, anybody observing this whole scenario, this exchange, this thing that, that happens in the temple, that those people who were like regulars at the temple, if they knew Simeon at all, it wouldn't have surprised them in the least that Simeon would go up to a random couple and go, let me, let me hold your baby. He was probably blessing the babies. It wouldn't have surprised anybody. Of course Simeon would do this. And then Anna, look what Anna did. At that very hour, it says, she didn't wait another second. She went right then. She had been waiting her whole life for this moment. She wasn't going to start second-guessing her life now. Isn't that what we do, though? We build up this thing, this thing that we're going to have in the future, and when the time finally comes for us to do the things, then we question ourselves. Is this actually right? Should I actually do this thing? Maybe I don't actually want to go on that trip. Maybe I don't need to do this. Yeah, we question ourselves. She didn't do that. She did it right then and there. She did not hesitate one second. She gave thanks to God. Babies are, are a miracle. Uh, we can give so much thanks for God, for their presence in our families, in our communities, in our church. We love, we love the babies. But especially when the baby comes from God as the Savior of the world, we must give thanks for that. And then she, she does this. Speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Um, this is where Anna reveals she is a prophet. It's the best description of her. She, a prophet speaks the truth that maybe other people don't want to hear, but she goes around telling people, here, here is what has happened. This is the Messiah we've been waiting for. My, my grandfather passed away at, uh, in 2018 at the age of 98. He was almost, was he 98 or 90? I always forget he was born in July of 1919. But anyway, Grandma passed away just a few years before he did. Uh, so I have genes that are going to last forever, by the way. Uh, but my grandma became one of those old ladies who speaks the truths that nobody wants to hear. But there's no grace in it. She just, this crotchety old lady who just said whatever she wanted to say and did not care what you thought. She was not a prophet. Anna... Anna was an old lady oozing with grace. She loved people, and she loved her God. She was a prophetess in the truest sense. Anna, the female first evangelist of Jesus, spoke of him to everyone who was waiting on the redemption of Jesus. And can we just draw a connection that the first evangelist of Jesus at his birth was female, and the last evangelists at Jesus' death were also female, the ones who spread the good news about Jesus Christ. Y'all, we wouldn't be here if it weren't for women preachers. And guess what? She wasn't past her prime to be the woman she was doing the work that she did even at 84 years old. In fact, that's what I love about this passage. On the front end, with the description about Simeon and Anna, it's the portrait of who they were as human beings, and it informed what they did, even though they were old. Your being should inform your doing. Be the person that God has created you to be, and you will never age out of that. You never get past your prime being the person God created you 
you to be. It doesn't matter if you feel like you passed your prime. It doesn't matter if you can't do the things you used to do. It doesn't matter if you look at a picture of yourself in the background and you don't recognize who you are because God looks at you and recognizes who you are. God recognizes the being that God has created in you and is transforming you to look more and more like his son, Jesus Christ. You're never too old for that. You can never get past your prime on that. You are never past your prime to be the person God has created you to be. Anna and Simeon did something incredible out of the overflow of who they were. And they leaned into their identity. What about you? What's inside of you that you can lean into and grow in confidence? For Anna and Simeon, it was simply the next natural step. The next thing to do is hold a baby and bless God. What if it's that easy? What if it's just that simple? It's actually the obvious thing for them to do. So simple yet so significant, it was recorded in the Bible. The Bible talks about they just held a baby. It's that simple yet that significant. What's the next natural step for you? I'm encouraging you just to take the step. Take the next step that you feel like God is calling you to do, even if it doesn't seem significant. Whatever that thing is, I hope that it comes from your being, that it comes from who you are. Like Anna and Simeon, let your being inform your doing because you're never past your prime for that. Let's pray. God, for these characters in the scriptures, we thank you. And we thank you that we can use them as an example, that they could be a, a, a highlight for us. These are just two older people who are seasoned. They're veterans of their faith. But also, the, like the significant thing, they, thing that they did doesn't seem all that exciting or all that significant. And yet it was such that it was recorded in our scriptures. It was the next thing for them to do, the next natural step. It was the easy and the obvious answer. This is the thing I should do. God, be with us as we figure that out. What's the next thing that we should do? And may it be informed by who we are in our hearts who you've created us to be, and who you are recreating us to be, transforming us in the image of your Son. God, we would just ask that you would be with us in, as we, we close this service and we think about um, uh, what it is you would like us to do. May it be from who you've created us to be. In Jesus' name.